Hi, I'm Billy. And this is Joe. And we're Now in Cinemascope, your one-stop shop for in-depth film discussion and debate. Each week, we take a different film, person or subject and explore them until the credits roll. This week, we are discussing Blumhouse Productions and their work, whether or not it is sustainable for them to do cheaper, more video-nasty type films in order to fund their more interesting work. So what are we waiting for? Cue music, roll titles, lights, camera, and action. So, Billy, talking about Blumhouse Productions, obviously, today, and Blumhouse recently have become almost the, not gods of horror, but <laughs> that's a word <laughs> and a half, but almost, uh, more like an Eldritchian, Lovecraftian version, gods of horror. But a lot of the time, so recently, they've kind of built up this name for themselves as the people who do the more interesting work from their work producing Whiplash and Black Klansman to sort of more interesting horror uh, like Get Out, Split, Us, The Gift. Um, but at the same time, they do have a lot of kind of cookie cutter almost. Sounds awful, but we call it Netflix and chill. Mm-hmm. Chills. <laughs> Great pun there. Work, which is sort of say, the, the sinisters of this world and the purges, which have a nice idea, but they're just a, a concept in order to make a bit of money mm. um the paranormal activity sequels as well mm-hmm. or something like true for dare which was another one that came through mm-hmm. and so whether what i really want to get into is kind of whether you think it's worth them doing sort of middle of the road easily made cookie cutter films like that in order to make their more interesting stuff or whether they should stick to a production model now that they're famous and kind of c- can get anything produced and work on a production model more akin to, say, um, A24, um, which does, like, Hereditary, um, mm. who, where they just kind of produce one really good horror film every now and then. Mm, more sort of prestige projects. Yes. I don't know. I feel like as long as, you know, good work is being made, uh, as long as the production model that you're using allows good work to be made... Um, keep using it as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if, although, you know, in this case, you know, it's debatable whether all of the movies that um, Blumhouse have produced have been good. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, Paranormal Activity 2, 3 and 4 spring to mind. 5, five six, six, the six. masked ones, uh, the marked ones. And all the unofficial Paranormal Entity kind of like yeah. uh, knockoffs. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this kind of reminds me of uh, when I was in, when I was 14, me and my friend Jacob, we would, um, we would uh, go on Xbox Live uh, video well, that's film. Going back. <laughs> it's going way back. Xbox Live uh, film marketplace where you, and you would just scroll through all the B and C movies that nobody mm. knew were being made, but were being made. So films like, obviously not, this is even further down than Sh- Sharknado. Yeah. Like kind of like, you know. So this isn't Blumhouse though. Just this is just like, uh, you know, Crap House. Yeah. You know, like utter, utter rubbish. The like, Asylum. Uh, paranormal Entities 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you know, which nobody knows exists, but they're out there. If mm. you're looking for them, all this sort of schlock. I suppose this is what we're talking about. Schlock. Does schlock produce art or can schlock be art? And I suppose, mm. you know, you. I think definitely the first of those points, does schlock produce art? Yes. It allows for art to, true good work to exist because mm. it's almost like putting blood manure on roses. You know, you've got to put like, you've got to have the junk to sort of allow for, you know, to have clean stuff, junk to yeah. have good stuff. You know, you've got to have the, the rough and the smooth. And I think, you know, they, they feed each other. Mm. And uh, it's like decay of plants, you know, leading to sort of like, you know, mulch. And then from the mulch grows beautiful flowers, you know, from the from the schlock and uh, mulch of Paranormal Entity, Paranormal Activity 5, you get Jordan Peele's Get Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, or, or um, Damien Chazelle's Whiplash. Yeah. So, 
it's an interesting um it's an interesting thing to discuss mm, i just think whether or not now especially now kind of they've they've been able to do the interesting pictures like i can see the reason for it starting off of you you like blumhouse was a new production company and they very much wanted to kind of like make a name for themselves and also get the money together that you can make that more the, the more interesting work it's a similar thing to marvel I, I like to think that marvel those first few films were very standard when you look back at them standard origin films apart mm. from iron man iron man was a big risk mm. as was paranormal activity for blumhouse yeah but um, then they had like kind of very standard origin films which then set the template to do the more weirder stuff like a ragnarok or a get out the, the kind of the stuff which is a bit more quirky a bit more you've kind of led your audience members by the hand it's like now here mm, pushing them into the deep end of the swimming pool yeah but n- i think the thing is now whether that can be almost now the cat's out the bag and people like it and people want to go see it and people are up for this like everyone knows what get out is everyone wants to watch it mm. um is there a need, therefore, arguably, to do stuff like Truth or Dare, which came out last year? That's more a more recent one, which is not very good at all. Mm. Um, and was is there a need for something like that to still be made, or can they just cut that? And I know there's um, there's always the argument you can say that with filmmaking, a lot of the time, I think you give the benefit down to the filmmaker that when they go in with the intention of making a film they want it to be good they want it to be interesting but something like truth or dare comes across a little bit more just from the concept of like as an idea of like it's a game that goes wrong that feels very much kind of almost like a video nasty from the 1980s a little Mm. bit it feels like a concept before a plot as compared to something a bit more thematically rich like get out yeah, or even something like the gift they produced. The gift, which is an underrated gem, and it's on Netflix. You should, everyone should watch it. Jason Bateman's in. The yeah, gift, it's, it's yeah, I've always been meaning to watch that. Joel Edgerton directed it and wrote it. Um, well, he's and done some really interesting films. Yeah, since then. I mean, Boy Erased was one of his, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. that was his first film that he did, and it's a very morally murky kind of gritty almost Brian De Palma-esque oh. type thriller mm. and that the, the concept of it is very much cookie cutter kind of man invites an old school friend who starts becoming a bit overzealous and a bit too involved in the family but the takes the turns it takes and how it plays with the characters and plays with your loyalties for each of the characters is very different to say something where it could have very easily gone down the route of it just becoming another slasher flick Mm. and that's where like why why truth or dare is such and i know they're they're looking to do an um an invisible man reboot for 2020 which again is that going to be involved in sort of the mummy, the Tom Cruise? No, no, it's completely dark separate. Universe? Okay, that's good because now that that's tanked, is the tank is dark universe? Well, actually, the, I was looking at the mummy, and apparently, it did quite good business in, for, for its yeah. budget. It, it broke even. Broke even, but the dark universe is tanked. People don't want it. They've cancelled all their plans. Mm. Well, we've talked about the, the Tom Cruise mummy film on this podcast before. Yeah. The, the trailer where they didn't at least they, they didn't put the effects, the music, or yeah. some of the effects on the trailer, and it just comes across as a bare skeleton <laughs> of, a, of a of a thing. I mean, and of a film, 
But yeah, they're, they're doing their Invisible Man reboot. Mm, so um, sort of more sort of classic prestige sort of But even that, films. I think, is very kind of schlocky as an idea. That seems like a, a bit less interesting. I don't know who they've got attached. It might become a bit more interesting, but that still, again, comes across... That's an existing IP where they've kind of strayed away from using existing IPs mm. again. So again, it kind of almost... Unless they get a really interesting director, writer it kind of comes across a bit more schlocky and it's, do they really need that when they've got like Jordan Peele and M. Night Shyamalan who... Shyamalan Ding Dong. <laughs> who, who he has done some awful films in the past, but Split's an interesting film. Glass is an interesting one. Yeah. Like they've got, they've got enough prestige people in their ballpark. I think my response to this is that I think it's... The idea of someone someone like shedding their skin and almost becoming something entirely new, in this case a production company with with a with a background in sort of schlocky horror films becoming something more prestige, I think that's something that we all sort of sort of think of as a good thing. But I also but I think it is a mistake for and I don't just think mean this in this case, I think just in a general sense, mm. for some something or somebody to forget where they come from. Because then you lose touch with where you you know, with your foundations. And I think in terms of, I mean, like there, historically, there have been so many examples of schlock of, of people who have gone on to do produce extraordinarily high, highly regarded work, starting off in schlock. I mean, just look Peter at Jackson, Peter Jackson, Brian De Palma. And I don't, and I don't just mean like, just like individual filmmakers like De Palma or or Peter Jackson or Sam Raimi or or whoever we want to mm. whoever we want to name here. I'm talking about like people like Roger Corman and mm. AIP and Canon Films and all those sort of like the film production companies of the 60s to, through to the 80s who were differentiation just, Canon Films not the ones who did Superman 4. <laughs> no no th- those guys, yeah. Oh god no Superman that's that, yeah. that's too schlocky. No, I was going like, to say you like they'd not made a good film. No 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 but like so many <laughs> what my, my point is <laughs> that's not a good like <laughs> no 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 I don't I know. But you bring so, up Superman 4 in an argument and you've lost. Uh, there's no <laughs> argument. I mean the, the, my my point is, is that so many people came up under Roger Corman. I mean Scorsese was somebody who you know learned a lot mm. from Corman. Um, and, you know, and Corman's rule was, you know, like, you know, cut it down to 82 minutes and throw in an exploding helicopter at the end, you know, and you've got a movie, mm. you know, like, and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's schlock logic, but it, it's, it's schlodge, it, no, I'm not going to make that work. <laughs> yeah. It's schlock logic, <laughs> but it, but it works because like your, your virtues are discipline and, uh, brevity and crispness, which are all decent virtues to have in storytelling. And, you know, there are so many people, you know, who've come I mean, like Canon film, Sam, Samuel Jackson made his start, you know, under, um, can of films, I believe, or, or certainly I think he worked mm. with Corman. You know, Trey Parker, Matt Stone worked for Troma. Uh, they went on to do South Park. James Gunn, classic yeah. case, you know, went on to do Guardians of the Galaxy, started off under Lloyd Kauf- Kaufman in Troma. I mean, mm. even if you'd want to get even closer to home, uh, you know, my friend Liam Regan, who did, who made a movie, My Bloody Banjo. He yeah. start, you know, his film school, he told me, was um, going to America and working under La- Lloyd uh, Kaufman in, um, under, uh, working on a, on a, uh, Newcomb High film, and uh, mm. and you know so it, and there and these people go on to produce their own work, and a lot of it is very yeah becomes very highly regarded by you know respected film in respected circles, and I think in terms of just my general response to what you've just said, my philosophy on it is that to forget where you've come from is a mistake. And it doesn't mean that you can't go, can't fly, you can't take off, and you can't go yes. to different places. But it's like every in every sort of endeavor, creatively, you know, you have to have a springboard. You have to have a place where you come from in mm. order to get to where you're going. You can't have one without the other. And I think no matter how many get outs you produce, you know, at some point 
in your back catalogue, you made Paranormal Activity for five. Which is not a know. not a problem not a as such. Thing. I'm not saying it, I think But it's a learning process. Yeah. yeah. I think what I'm process. saying is less that they should forget about all that stuff. They shouldn't go like, right, we're just gonna wipe our history and like retcon. Is that retcon? Is it is yeah. that's exactly it. That would be I don't a think Yeah, no, I don't I, I completely don't agree with that. I think my point more is now that they have reached a point, do they still need to make because I think the key thing it comes down to, and it's interesting when you bring up trauma as such. Mm-hmm. Again, trauma is a really interesting one. Because there's some stuff in trauma that you can watch and it's fun and it's enjoyable. Then there's other stuff where you're like, do I really want to watch Newcomb High 4? No, exactly. Or, you know, Teenage Barbarian in uh, Teenage Nifle Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, stuff like that. And I think it's like, I think it's going to something like Truth or Dare as an example of something that came out very recently. Mm. Is anyone going to watch it? No, no one went to see it because of the reviews, budget. Like, so what is its purpose? Like, do and that thing of do they need to make those schlock? And it's not a case of forgetting where you came from schlocking. And again, like they they did an interesting thing with the gift, which it's very much a schlocky idea, taken and done with the utmost kind of care and made complex. And it's more, do they need to do just the schlock? To produce the, the great yeah. works like Us and Get Out. Because I, I feel like they're now, and I, I could be wrong, and obviously movie making is an expensive business, but they still do it almost in a Corman-esque model of like cheap, interesting. Cheap and fast and entertaining. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And, but now that they're doing more complex stuff, which is still fast, entertaining, and like well, the, the the films are under two hours, they're an hour and a half. It's tight, and they're, mm-hmm. again, they're still interesting. And they're made on a smaller budget, which means they make their money back, and they are incredibly successful. You can't really name that many other companies sticking to one wheelhouse almost. Like Blumhouse does have that name recognition, like Marvel. So what is the point? Uh, I think is you're trying to get out of, of uh, truth or dare or something like that, like other stuff like that where. It's not that interesting. It's it is just schlock. Do they need to do that now? Now that they've kind of spread their wings, can they put the they, schlock behind them and go? That's where we came from. Well, that's not a problem. Well, the answer to that to that really is money, isn't it? Because like if I mean totally, they, they wouldn't. Uh, you know, if they, you know, if it all was to work out, they wouldn't have to make another Truth or Dare film ever again. If they mm. if they if they keep up the streak of cause, you know. Uh, all, all the work, all the Jordan Peele's work that I've done is each both films have been a hit and they've made money and they've made the money back and broken even and have you know uh, so ideally yeah you know you it's, it's not I think you know every film production company would like to just produce prestige uh, pictures you know like, and mm. for each one to be good and for each one to be well developed and realised and you know from a good director and be you know a good production team behind it but I mean. It's not the reality is it's not always the case, is it? It's not always that easy because not every film is as good as it should be, or or even if it is good, it doesn't always bring in the people that it that it needs to. Not every great film was a success. I mean, just look at even the great filmmakers. You know, uh, I'm gonna I'm break saying yeah. say the K word again, but Kubrick. You know, oh my so God, many, so Kubrick. many, or like, so, or, okay, Coen Brothers. A lot of the Coen Brothers films with a capital K, <laughs> capital C, didn't make money. A lot of them, you know, a lot of them uh, were just about broke even, especially the earlier ones. Mm. You know, uh, they, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, Lynch then and they get Gilliam the, are the same. But then they're getting critical, a critical acclaim, but um, they're not particularly breaking even. Mm. I suppose you know, and it's going back to my very first point, which is that yes, yeah, sometimes you need you need the junk to sustain the 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 gold. You need you need the bl- the blood manure 
on the roses to make the roses grow. Sometimes, you know, ideally it'd be nice to just have a garden of roses with, you know, no junk at all. But mm. um, but the bottom line is that it's money, I think. And sometimes um, the reality is that you have to make your money back to uh, to get money for the next project to make the next project as good as you can. Yeah. So uh, I think it's uh, it's it's a, it's a tug of war kind of between, you know, you have you have a goal. I think uh, of wanting to make the next Silence of the Lambs, even though I think Silence of the Lambs is an awful film. Oh, uh, that's uh, a hot take. And and that's a hot take. I think it is. That's an awful the film. tea. <laughs> Solid two stars on Letterbox. Oh um, God, you're kicking off now. But you know the well, I mean, Silence of the Lambs is just pure schlock for my for me from start to finish. Um, Careful now. And, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's you need. So, yeah, you, you need to, the, that's the ideal, but often, you know, the reality is that you can't always reach that ideal over time. And so mm. to just to keep going, you have to realize you have to settle for what you can get, which is, you know, just getting the money to move, keep moving forward. And sometimes that requires producing a truth or death yeah. film or, or a paranormal activity or, uh, or, or what a, another you. purge sequel <laughs> or, or purge, you know, election or day sinister three, sequel, yeah. or insidious or, or what have you, you know, yeah. happy, happy death day. I mean, Happy Death Day well, was, was actually a, was actually a surprising success. Yeah, you know, success, again, so. that's another one where the schlock was more complex. I mean, I see what you're saying. I, I think to to wrap up that this, particular point, that yeah, thread, this thread, yeah, I think we'll have to agree to disagree on well, this. Well, one. what's your what's your argument? I I I still think I think I think it comes down to success. I think now that they're successful, maybe I'm an idealist, but I think there's there's got to be a number of Really interesting, especially with the change in horror now. It's been kind of legitimized a lot more with stuff like Hereditary, which I know isn't a Blumhouse picture, but this is a separate thing. But, like, it follows Babadook again. None of these are Blumhouse. But also the stuff that Blumhouse has been putting out, Get Out, Split, Us, The Mm. Gift. Mm. Horror is a more legitimate thing, and it's seen a bit more now in that kind of... And also a lot of the critics... Are horror nerds who've come up through the ranks like Mark Commode, yeah, Kim, Kim Newman. Newman, and so it's 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 taken on a, a much more special place in people's hearts, definitely, and they're seen as a bit more revered than something schlocky. And I think now that they're successful and the they surely have the pick of a range of horror scripts, like of good, decent, interesting horror scripts, and they they've got the pick of directors, and arguably, I'd say. It feels like they're not financially doing that bad. If they're still making like Get Out's budget, even though it's a lot more of an expensive film than any of the rest that they've done, mm. and same with like Glass, still made quite a bit of money back. Oh yeah, and so I don't see, I don't particularly see them faltering financially anytime soon. So I think if their intention is with something like a Truth or Dare, that it is still meant to be something good, and it just doesn't come out in the wash. Like, it doesn't come out as they expected it to for any different reason. That's understandable. It's more if they've read it and gone, okay, let's put this out as a, as, as, as our, like, staple almost. Like, a, like how Disney do a Star Wars film, mm. like, almost. Like, I'd rather watch m- just them do loads of Last Jedi's than do Solo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there doesn't course. like yeah, yeah, yeah. there doesn't need to be another Purge film. It doesn't need to. So that's my opinion. Mm. But I think well, we'll have to agree to disagree. 
agree on that one. Sure thing, sure. I mean, and I fight later in the back alley. Well, I'm I'm really boring, and I I'll and cut I, you with a copy of uh, Purge <laughs> election <laughs> give me, give year. Me a particularly bad cardboard paper cut. Yeah, on the case. Okay. So I've got some uh, rapid fire questions for you now, Mr. Barnell. I'm ready. Um, obviously you've not seen all of these films, so feel free to be like, ah, oh, nah. Well, I'm just going to like say the first thing that pops in my head. Yeah, ones that interest you more than the others, shall we say? Okay. Um, so us or get out? Us. Ooh, can I have your opinion on that one? Because that's a, I'm just really interested. What, why, why are you going? Well, I just said it. The first thing that popped to my head, I suppose. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no, no. I said I thought because, you'd seen them. No, no, I have seen both of them. No, no I've seen those films. Uh, I said us because, well, I think, I think in, in the, you know, down the line, get out. There's no question. I was having this conversation with, um, which one's better, us or get out? I was having this conversation with one of our colleagues, Pat. At the showroom. Lovely Pat. Lovely Pat. God bless you. God bless you. Hope you're enjoying Can. Can 2019. Yeah. Um, but um, he was saying, I mean, he, I think he, I think his preference was for Get Out. And I think, and what, what I said is that he, because he told me that Get Out is going to be one of the films that people will say, you know, is like, you know, one of the great films like Pulp Watershed, Pulp, yeah. Watershed, like Pulp Fiction. It's going to be like Star Wars, going to be one of those. I think that mm. was the general vibe he was getting at. I could be wrong, but that was what I took from it. And then what I, my response to that was like, fair enough. But I think, you know, for me personally, what I think it will be is that Get Out will be one of those films that when you when you first go to film school or, or university to study film and people you will say in the first lecture, okay, what films people seen? People will say, you know, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Star Wars, Get you know, Out, get, um, you know, 2000, The Shining, you know, yeah. everything, and that Blue Velvet. And then somebody, a lot of people say Get Out. Get Out mm. will, be, will become the new sort of watchword for like people who are, who will become interested in film. Yes. You know, especially I think hopefully, you know, people in minorities, you know, will will mm. will seek it out and want to pursue a career in filmmaking. It'll be one of those sort of like catch yeah. fire films. I think it already is, and I think so. I, my view of it is that that's what it will become. I think so. That kind of answers the question of I think Get Out is a more important film. Uh, mm. it just people have made it a more important film. You just enjoy us. But I think I think us. It's like the difference between Lynn Ramsey's Ratcatcher and Morvin Caller. I think Ratcatcher is to get out it's much more sort of maybe maybe emotionally engaging much more mm. iconic but i think more than Keller is a slicker film i think it's a better more sophisticated film better directed better edited yeah uh, d- uh, just a better quality film jordan peele stretching his muscles a bit more exactly he's got a tighter grasp on his craft and i think us was a more sophisticated film than get out in terms of the craft but i think get okay. out is a more iconic film like rat catcher to more than Keller. interesting so that's my that's the that's the uh yeah, the, the hot, hot take, take. <laughs> on that Okay. Split or glass? Glass, easily. Ooh, I, I disagree, but glass, that's glass. a whole other. I mean, hot take again. Glass is in my top ten superhero films of all time. I mean, it's not that high. I'm going to move on to there. the next question before I fight you. <laughs> I'm going to get the pitchforks in the back now. Because as someone who absolutely adored Unbreakable and rewatched it multiple times when they were a kid, same, and then got so excited when I saw the ending in Split, I was bitterly disappointed with Glass because there was so much they could have done and instead you lock them in a room for two hours with a character and this is from someone whose favourite one of their favourite actors is Sarah Paulson yeah poor Sarah Paulson's having to work act very it, hard. yeah <laughs> for for very little and M. Night like he just could like I read an interview this is like a completely different podcast yeah, we're just going on a tangent but here. like I read an interview with him beforehand and I just knew I just knew he was talking about like oh, I wanted to book the trend and like talk about what would it be like if we put people in a, a room and psychologically discussed whether it's in their mind with superhero powers and I was just like 
Just give <sighs> us Bruce Willis fighting McAvoy and you've yes. Yeah. Like, I want to. I, I want to see. It, I want. Yeah, but they could have done it. Uh, they could have done it in such a realistic level with Mr. Glass. I know. Messing I know, I know. in like. Well, the first five minutes of that film is basically what you want the whole film to yes. be. Yes. And then it just isn't. Yeah. But the also, first five minutes, last. Also, one of the worst connection twists of like that. That's that's poor writing of. Be, you know. You know what I'm pointing at with the, the, the tattoos. Is that what you're talking about? It was more the train. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I, I no, I, no. I, I was like, that's 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 flimsy enough to give I, someone a reason to suddenly change sides. That's... But Sarah Paulson has the best line in that film, which I think is, "Have you ever been to a comic book convention?" <laughs> and as somebody who went to a London Super Comic Con four years in a row, I'll say, "I have." <laughs> and they're great. Shut up, Sarah. <laughs> Shut up, Sarah. They're great. Um, <sighs> truth or dare? <laughs> uh, truth. Now this is your chance. No, to ask, yes, me yes, yes. ask me a truth. Oh, actually, I'll, I'll abuse this right now. Um, what is the film that everyone else loves and adores, which you absolutely hate, but you never tell anyone? I mean, I did say Silence of the Lambs earlier, but do you want a more controversial one? Yeah. Ghostbusters. Interesting. Oh, yeah, we'll move I, on from that one I, before the hate mail comes. All, all I'll say is I get it, I get absolutely nothing from Ghostbusters. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Whiplash or Black Klansman? Whiplash. Ooh. Insidious or Sinister? Insidious. Upgrade or Happy Death Day? Happy Death Day. Speaking of fact, I've never seen any of yeah. those films. But just which ones you'd be <laughs> more interested in? Happy Death Day. Rose talks about it all the time. <laughs> and the, she should be here. But she yeah, it's, um, The Purge or Paranormal Activity? Paranormal Activity. I'd say... I've, what? I've, what I've, I prefer found footage. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, that's I, your prize I, as well. It's a haunted house, <laughs> which you can only see from CCTV cameras. Oh, that's great. Now, I actually, I've got, actually got I've a fondness for the first Paranormal Activity. I think it genuinely has some really creepy moments in it. I think the handheld camera work, you know, it's it's not the best, but I think the the nature of it, the why it's yeah. used, is good. And I think uh, it's got some decent acting in it. It's got that likable wastrel boyfriend who is just you, you want yeah. to see die and and, and <laughs> kill him. And uh, yeah, the ending is scary. I think it's I think it's actually quite a well played mm. horror film. The first one's it's interesting. I think they go off the rails completely oh, after God, that. But I think hell yeah. I would go, I'd say, I'd watch the first one again. I haven't seen it for a while, but I would watch it again. Fab. So going on to an unpopular opinion here okay. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ghostbusters is... is yeah, yeah. Is, uh, hey, don't, I, I, I mean, to give you a little... I really like the new Ghostbusters with um, Kate McKinnon. Oh, yeah. The yeah. all-female Ghostbusters. I sat and cheered in that film. <laughs> I have never before thought I was going to get lynched. Like <laughs> I turned around and there's like sweaty forty year old men. Like no, no offense to like sweaty forty year old men, but, but it was a certain group of angry fan base who obviously were about to go home and go on Twitter and go like ah like splurge. I was in the middle of the meninist crowd. <laughs> and um, I thought that was it. I thought that was how I got it. The lights came up and I was just like, yeah, you go Holtzman. Like, and just the look. And I was like, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not to mention... I ain't afraid of no ghost. I mean, not, <laughs> not to mention, I mean, Chris Hunksworth, obvious appeal. Oh, God, yeah. No, he's re like, they're all really good in that. Like, I just, the script isn't the best, but like, I, I thought, I thought a lot of it landed. Okay. They had some some of the best lines in that one. Anyway, we're, go, we're going on a tangent again. That's again. That's a whole other podcast. Podcast. Let's keep it on. Uh, yeah. Blumhouse. So, question: an unpopular opinion here, but 
I'm going to say that I think The Purge, whilst they're not great films, actually serve a very good political purpose, in a way. And whether that, like... Obviously, their political commentary is on the nose, and a lot of it is just allowing people to do full-on murdering, and it does waste a lot of its concept on having just mass murderers chase people. However, as a film franchise that is quite popular, I'd I'd argue... Yeah, I'd say so. ...and recognisable, the fact that it's swinging and going for that political commentary, no matter how kind of on the nose it is, in in a genre film and being very upfront about it, especially in the later films, because I have watched them all, (laughs) in the later films, um, like The Purge the first year and... and Election. Election year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Like the first Purge in election year, I can never remember which way around there. But those especially, they go full on with, like, talking about themes of race and sexuality and Mm. also post-Trump, post-truth. Fake news kind of era. So I actually think they serve quite a good purpose i know we just talked about that but i'd like Mm. i'd like to put these out there maybe like i wouldn't want to see six more films if they weren't going to do anything different with it yeah i think they've got another two planned but they actually do serve a political purpose and i feel like if anything that gives them a reason to be there it gets people talking would you agree with that or do you think it's just a kind of a way of a way of trying to make what is arguably weak films and a failure to use a interesting concept is it a way to kind of tax and con to make people still talk about it almost is it well instead of get out where the themes are interlinked and mm. the political commentary is there to expand on the story mm. and provoke, yeah to provoke thought i mean is I'm, it just a, a hot topic let's add this in we can do something about trump because no one else is doing it. a bit like a comparison someone once said to me was american horror story um, which is very schlocky, very much like The Purge, in sort of like that schlocky horror that their seventh season, I want to say seventh season, was about a Trump-style clown cult. Yeah. And a lot of people attacked that series for just being like, let's do this because that'll get people watching. Yeah. yeah. People, well, the numbers have dropped off viewing-wise. Well, I think, I, well, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily an unpopular, unpopular opinion. I don't think it's a bad opinion because I've got a pretty high opinion of, things that are, are deemed by other people as schlock. I mean, I'm not saying that... If, cause <laughs> Billy I think, Barnell, the free star martyr. It's like <laughs> saving the Underworld franchise. Like, back off Resident Evil. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, there are limits. But like the... Um, I, Frankenstein, is the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think... I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think schlock is... is, is is always art. I think schlock is schlock and it should be accepted on its own terms. So I don't think, you know, I mean, I don't like, you know, there's schlock a favorite, and roll. There's a, exactly. There's a favorite saying amongst showroomers, which is, you know, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. You know, a, a ple- pleasure, if you enjoy a movie, you enjoy it on its own terms. You, know, uh, you, you, you come down <laughs> to its level. You don't necessarily be snobby or superior about it. And I, I think... Say, that was starting to sound like a Clive Barker quote. There's, there's only pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> there's only pleasure in the pain. Yeah. Um, Pinhead walks out. <laughs> ding, ding, you can't ding, see ding, me, ding. but I've got pins in my head. Um, <laughs> the um, But I think the thing is, I mean, so like, so I'll just accept like a schlocky film on its own terms. Mm. I might not like it or enjoy it because it might be, you know, be yeah. very well, very good, but like, Absolute accept, trash. Like, I accept <laughs> it as what it is, which is trash, you know, like John Waters, you know, trash king, you know, yeah, he, just, he was making his films and that was it. Um, and imagine The Purge 
and Pink Flamingo's <laughs> crossover would be amazing. Yeah, but Divine walking through throwing poo. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> like smashing like, like masked murderers, yeah. I mean, that would be a great answer. But uh, so, like, I mean, I'll say, so Schlock on its own is fine, but like Schlock, you know, and I'll take it with a political context as well, subtext. Mm. I mean, even if it's a subtext that's literally like shoved down your throat <laughs> with, uh, with AK-47s. Um, <laughs> You know, it, there's definitely an element of just like jumping on the bandwagon of mm. like, you know, oh, let's get this, let's focus on this current hot topic and like just like talk about it and we'll get, you know, e- easy. It's almost like not easy laughs, but like easy. It's, you know, it's quick and easy kind of just to give yeah. a, a quick political context. But that's, you know, that's not necessarily, it's not a, a sin. I would say it's, uh, you know, it, it might even provoke a little bit of, you know, discussion amongst people who go see those films. And that's not no bad thing at all. That's mostly like almost like a BuzzFeed quiz of, so what, uh, what, Thing would you do if all crime was legal for twenty four hours? Exactly, and like, and it's also just like it's a nice reminder that you know the discussion is still what in whatever form it's go is going still going on. It's still mm. continuing about these controversial topics which we need to have discussions about about Trump, about you know about gender fluidity and all these things mm. that the films might touch on briefly in a in a genre way, in a schlocky violent way. Yeah. It still means that you know in the in the wider pop culture and culture, the discussion is still going on. The side, at least the, the discussion is happening. It's happening. Yeah, the ideas are still resurfacing in what in 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 formats which are which in which they can be talked about mm. and discussed properly i.e get out or or in something which is just kind of fun and escapist like uh, like a, a blumhouse horror film i mean like genre mm. has always been that this kind of touches on a, a wider thing which yeah. is uh, genre has always been in a lot of ways the best way to really pierce the um you know with the, the subconscious of of culture, of high culture, you know, genre, you get to really look into the dark and really take and look, take what you find there mm. out and bring it into the light and discuss about it. I mean, like, Night of the Living Dead is a pure, Course, something like yeah. that is like a pure, it's just, you know, some people will look at that as being pure schlock in the 1960s, but then mm. it's, it's, it's a masterpiece of independent cinema and it talks about all these film themes that resurface of things like Get Out. I mean, mm. I think Get Out and Night of the Living Dead are, are a great double bill because they're about yeah. a black man surviving in white America, you know, you know, and, you know, because, you know, if you look at Night of the Living Dead, I don't think there's a single zombie of, of um, you know, of, of race in there besides mm. you know all the zombies are white you know the only black character is ben and in get out you know he's surviving in a white man's world and and mm. the character and daniel kalua's character in get out is the same you know and um so genre cinema you know has always been you know classically a great way of talking about these yeah. issues and even if it's just like in a really lightweight way unless as long as it's not like being i think my philosophy is as long as it's not being exploitative or yes. insensitive as long as the ideas are in there that's that's okay. I'll take my schlock with a little bit of, of politics. Thank yeah, you, thank you, you. You, you, you do hope that they'd like do a better film or, yeah, or they'd yeah, actually course, use the concept better, but, but then, at least but they're almost, trying. Yeah, it's, it's almost not about the quality. It's almost just about the fact that it's it's there. Then that, that alone No one is, else is doing it. Yeah, it's almost like that alone is, is good enough. As long as it's mm. there, that's fine. I mean, it would be, it'd be great if the film was good. It's really good. Yeah. But like, yeah, and it was done in a, and it was it was smart and intelligent. But sometimes, I mean, not all films are smart and intelligent, mm. but, but you know, they, they might have the ideas in there and that's not a sin. It's not necessarily brilliant, mm. but it's not a sin. I also think as well, the, the talent that it has attracted actor-wise, like a lot of brilliant upcoming actors, um, just look at the IMDb page for the last, Purge. like there's not anyone that's like totally famous Ethan um, Hawke was in the first one wasn't yeah, yeah Ethan Hawke was in the first one and he's become more discerning and he said that he really wanted to do it because it the idea interesting but like the last couple of purges have had some really interesting actors who hopefully in a couple of years kind of become like the Ethan Hawkes of this world mm. I can't it's really bad I can't remember them have got a terrible head for names but there if you, if you watch the acting they do in like the final 
the last Purge movie, especially, it's all stuff which is actually they're they're doing a lot of nuanced work with arguably mm. not a lot. And I think again, it elevates. Yeah, well, I mean, genre, genre cinema has always been just a great vehicle for actors because mm. it's a it's a genre is of extremes, especially the horror genre. I mean, like just going back, I mean, Bruce Sa Campbell, Bruce Campbell, <laughs> Sam, Samuel Jackson started out in like really. You know, trash. Yeah. Trash. You know, so many actors and just and writers and directors started out in the, this field, and then they grew. They they, they then through like the, the soil of shot, mm. they they grow up. And I mean, like, just touching very briefly back on like, our very first point, which is that and I agree with your point that you know it's a great thing to 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 move on, develop, and get better, and make better films and prestige projects like Get Out. But mm. I also think that's the ideal. But you've also got to be practical, and I think uh, that's what you should be striving for. But sometimes it's okay to have. So okay so to just try and not. Well, yeah, I mean, you need because it needs to be a steady growth, and so for it to be steady, you can't just make one hit and then expect everything to change overnight. And then yes. often people who do that, their next film, they completely fail, mm. and then it get then the next one doesn't do well at all, and then they have to they have to do something else to to compensate. And so it has to be steady growth, I think. Yeah, sustainable, sustainable, and then you and then that allows you to go off and get better, you know, bigger and better, mm. and you know, you need to you need to le learn to walk before you can run. Yeah, maybe just like. Stop making purge films for like two years, yeah, and then and then do something else, and yeah. then like come back with get like a be really interested to see, say uh, an Ari Aster, uh -huh. or even actually I'd love to see Greta Gerwig. It's a really weird one, but like I'd really interested to see someone like from almost like the Mumblecore, mm. like no Bamback. Yeah, that that sort of group of filmmakers, the Darden brothers, do a purge movie, but I don't know whether they'd ever do it. I know who I'd like to see a purge movie. Oh. The Safety brothers. That would be crazy. Yeah, after yeah. Good Time, especially. Like yeah. Good Time, I always thought if you added in, that was kind of what they wanted the purge to be, because obviously, like the second one is basically a chase movie for a lot of it. Mm. And I was like, that the good good time just did that better without the <laughs> so going on from that and again all the other points we've made throughout today's episode i want to talk about universes because obviously you've got the marvel universe and um, you've got all the universal universe that was really hard for me to say and <laughs> um, but like the conjuring universe their horror universe is now interconnected with multiple annabelle films and the nun and the uh, something tall man, I think he's called the tall man, slender man, slender man. You, that yeah. it's not slender, it's same, another conjuring same character that they're doing a prequel of, and mm. and they've got their like little horror universe there. And there was supposed to be the dark universe, but I want to talk about pitching a potential universe for Blumhouse, okay? Because they've got, I'd arguably say, they've got enough characters, and it, it's hard because a lot of their, their films are thematically different as compared to say like if you look at the conjuring universe all of them are in the same ballpark and all of them have same characters like it is more of a marvel model so you're not like trying to smash different worlds together but i'd be interested to see whether we could do it and whether you could do it like whether you could have us and red appear out of the sewers and then like come out and then look over and see the body of of one of the split characters <laughs> or <laughs> something be, like that. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Imagine all the Blumhouse films share the same universe. I mm. mean, like you know, Miles Teller's character in Whiplash is just is bashing away at his drum kit, 
And, and suddenly, then get stabbed by <laughs> some masked like, Abraham his, Lincoln. His, his, his evil double just comes out of nowhere. And yeah. Like, what the hell's going on here? Or maybe his good double. His good. Ah, so here's the bad double. Thinking of Whiplash. Oh, yeah. Hello. That'd be interesting. But it'd suddenly, be really interesting uh, that the and then JJ and then uh, not then J.K. Simmons just comes in and goes, "Get out! Get out! Yeah. Get out!" <laughs> what if J.K. Simmons though was the good double? What's, if that if he's the good double, I'd hate to see his yeah. bad double <laughs> actually <laughs> murdering people. It's just, it's just a chair. He's just throwing <laughs> chairs everywhere. Like quicker, quicker, quicker! Start practicing harder, demon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Mars bar down there? No, it's some scissors. Oh, there's God. no pot of gold down there. <laughs> okay, we could you could go on forever like that. <laughs> so yeah, do you think? Uh, I think potentially it could work. I think you have got some like realm for. It would be fun. That's the yeah. Line. I, mean, I think I'd I'd want to like if they were going to do it. If they actually were going to do it, I think if they were going to do it seriously, I think it'd be a bit harder because if you smashing so many thematic. Well, I mean, Peel. I mean, Jordan Peel. You could. I mean, I'm not saying that they already do, but like you could. I could very easily see Peel creating his own little universe. Well, of, I like, think Get Out and Us could fit in the same universe. I, I'd be very interested to like. I don't know whether it would work, they, but well, they definitely fit together very styl- stylistically yes. and thematically. I mean, certainly stylistically. Uh, it's like, you know, how each episode of the, Twi- of the Twilight Zone or Black Mirror it is identifiably yeah. as part of the same brand. I mean, I'd love to see um, Daniel Kluwer, like, when they're driving at the end of Get Out. Yeah. They're, they're just driving. <laughs> and they, like, and they, like, bloody, and it's literally, like, ends five, it starts five seconds after Get Out, and they're just driving, and then they just see a load of people in red overalls across <laughs> the road. And they're just like, oh, for f- <laughs> yeah. like, and, and then cute titles, TSA. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be funny. Um, and yeah, I think I'm just trying to think about. I mean, I suppose you could do separate ones. I think, like, I think even arguably you could say that the paranormal activity universe. There, is, you could potentially. It'd be interesting. They'd never do it, but like just rolling the ball of doing like a paranormal activity style version of one of the films that they've already done. Mm. That makes sense. I don't know where it'd be interesting. Well, I think it'd be interesting. I don't think it would work. But like, you mean like something like Get Out, but top, just virtually all through season. Or a TV. purge. Mm. Like, do a purge through. I know. Purge. I know the first one was Di- Diary of the Purge. Yeah, first one was a bit kind of like that, and it's like it was a lot of stuff in one house in a single location with Ethan Hawke. But like, it'd be interesting to see if they did like a like a one where. Almost a bit funny games esque, where you from it from like someone's controlling the cameras and chooses where you look because they know where there's maybe that's a game though, and then rewinds it. Yeah, (laughs) at a a, a particular moment. That's it. Maybe you need. um, I always forget his name. Who did funny games? Michael Haneke. That's it. Maybe Michael Haneke to do a purge movie. That's going back to what we were saying earlier. That would be funny though because it'd be like he'd be in hell because like funny games was all about a response to films like yeah that, that foreshadowing the purge films that were just like pure violence for the sake of violence and were just like no this is wrong this is wrong and you know yeah. people need to understand watching this is wrong so I think if if he was like cajoled I think he'd, he'd literally have to have a gun to his head <laughs> to do to do the purge. I mean we'll uh, let you do another Nazi film. <laughs> <laughs> you know that would be that but that would be hilarious and i think horrible <laughs> yeah. time, michael haneke's purge mm. um because you know that was the kind of film that he was trying to argue against um mm. i think mm, just it's i mean like more cinematic universes yeah like, you've like, got your avengers style where <laughs> they all join up at the end i mean i would i would take I it see, genuinely I, if you could have it as like daniel i'd love to see daniel I mean, it would probably reduce Get Out as such a seminal piece of work and mm, stand alone. But like, yeah. I really like Daniel Kluwer's character, and I forget the 
security, the TSA. Oh, I can't remember his the, one of the best movie friends of all time. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I I want to I genuinely be very happy with seeing them like go on road trips almost like <laughs> I know to bring up Ghostbusters, but like almost in a Ghostbusters style, going into each like Blumhouse movie and almost like sorting it out <laughs> because they're both two very interesting protagonists who have smarts have like interesting characters well, they're fun to watch as well yeah. I mean, certainly the friend is like you know he's great yeah and the, the the way that they like deal with stuff and it would be great then you meet up with like you could then meet up with the family from us like if you got Lupita Nyong'o and Winston ca- Duke again just to like it'd be kind of like yeah. play off that that would be amazing for them all to team up and like go I, on monster adventures. I, I, I can really, you know what I'm getting from this? I'm feeling like you know, like at the end of Get Out me- meshes with the ending of, of Us, where they're both like they're driving along oh, in the countryside, and, yeah. and they, they, then they pass. And did you ever play Left 4 Dead 2? Yes. Do you remember the the DLC, the passing, where like the yeah. characters of Left 4 Dead 1 and Left 4 Dead 2 met briefly for like that one level? Yeah. That is what I'm, the vibes I'm getting. From, yeah. Uh, this that'd crossover. be that would be great. Like, and then they they go like it's them basically. I'm th- I'm thinking of like a Scooby Doo type ge- like thing where they go out and solve different mysteries. Like mm-hmm. maybe it'd be a TV series, but like and then Daniel Kluwer kills the Peter Nyong'o's character for clear obvious reasons. If you've seen Us, yeah, but that could be that would be really complex that he discovers it before and like mm. throughout like they're trying to stop these different things, whether it be the so the the tethered from Us or. Um, taking on another Blumhouse film and like getting the boogeyman from Sinister, mm. but they've got to do that whilst at the same time he's like consistently, what's whose side is she on? Is she helping them or is she sure. not? Yeah. I, it'd be it'd be thematically rich, and you've got kids as well. You've got the two kids yeah. from us, and like so that could be the like really um, what's the word? They're they're the stakes because they're kids, and um, and you've got. TSA again, forgotten his name, <laughs> but like he's almost like the comic relief of like I'm not going in there, we're not going in there, no, yeah, which yeah. gives then like almost like Jamie Kennedy in Scream, like that mm. fun kind of you engage with it more because they know the tropes and they're trying to avoid the tropes. I, there we are, sold. We've, we've we've got it. We've got a hit. Blumhouse. Like get to us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Daniel Kluwer becomes the Invisible Man, and then leads into Jordan Peele's Invisible Man film. Oh, there we go. We got a winner, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. H high T hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was our discussion on Blumhouse and all. In Whether the... any of that will ever happen, yeah. The other question, and um, we won't be doing a next episode because we'll be too busy on a boat in Hollywood sipping <laughs> mocktails and sunning it up. Yeah, <laughs> being courted by all every producer in the land. Like we're just spitballing things, and yeah. So we'll see you for next week's episode uh, on a boat in LA. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been Joe, and I've been Billy, and this is now, now in Cinemascope. Cinemascope.